0: You're listening to The Daily Sweat Podcast, where we are all about doing something that makes you sweat every single day. What is up, friends? Welcome back to the Daily Sweat Podcast. As always, I am so excited to have you here and to be able to hang out and impart some knowledge upon you. I have an amazing guest for you today. I think you're going to love today's interview, and you'll probably also have your mind blown on a few different occasions. Today, I'm talking with Lauren Herrera, and we go into a number of different topics. We talk about failure and what it means to fail, how we can take responsibility for our failures which I know is a tough thing for many of us to grasp, and also how we can begin to reframe how we view failure. We talk about scientific proof that shows we create our realities through thought. Yes, scientific proof of the law of attraction, which is super cool. We talk about the cycle of performance and how we can apply that to our own lives, and we also chat about how we can create the results we're seeking in our own lives. Not just wait for those results, but create them. This is such a juicy episode, and I'm really excited to be able to share Lauren's knowledge with you. Lauren Herrera is a fitness and lifestyle coach and creator of the six-week course, Love, Abundance, Trust, and Flow, where she teaches women in their 20s on the brink of finding their purpose and soon-to-be-empty-nesting moms how to use the power of love, the mindset of abundance, and the certainty and trust so they can get their lives and careers into a state of flow. Because of her in-depth journey to understanding love, she's found the correlations between religion, spirituality, quantum physics, and biology that all say the same thing. You can recreate yourself and your life, and that lesson is her life's purpose to women around the world. Doesn't that just sound super inspiring? Like, I'm already amazed by her, and we haven't even gotten into the episode. So, without further ado, let's hear from Lauren. Welcome to the Daily Sweat Podcast, Lauren. I am super excited to have you here with us today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Yay, super stoked. So before we get into the meat of our conversation today, I know we've got a lot of juicy things to cover. I always like to take an opportunity to get to know my guests a little bit more outside of the professional world. So I would love to know, like, who is Lauren Herrera? What does she like to do in her spare time? How does she like to recharge? Do you have any fun hobbies? Well,
1: you know, so I've, oh my gosh. So I always feel like such a nerd when people ask about my hobbies because I feel like as a natural, as a Pisces woman, it's really fun to just go in my head and like imagine amazing things like jumping through the universe or swimming with dolphins or just like being in my head and thinking about things. I think that means I'm somewhat of an introvert that I would love to just chill out in my room and relax. And um, the other thing that I realized recently that put me on the radar that I might be slightly obsessive with my dogs is that I listed them as a priority of things to do that I was going to hang out with my dogs before I got together with one of my friends. Uh, And so after I saw it on my text message, I was like, oh, I don't know if that's actually a thing. It is now, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, Who I am, I've like thought about that a ton as far as like with failed businesses and, you know, relationships and stuff like that, of like where we usually societally um, identify ourselves. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm a human, I'm Mm -hmm. a creator, I'm source energy in human form. And I'm doing the things in this lifetime in a female body. Love it.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's so important to be able to strip away those those titles and those labels that we often feel we need to communicate when we're introducing ourselves to people.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like when my gym, I had a gym. So when my gym closed and people were like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, well... I work in a gym now, but I had a gym. I was a business owner, but I'm not anymore, and um, I was like, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> it doesn't feel right to make me that that by that being the
0: qualifier of who I am right, of course. yeah, no, like we're we're so much more than than those titles. yeah, absolutely. so. Knowing who you are at your core now, having gone from being a gym owner and I know you're doing quite a few different things right now. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got to where you are today and like what you're most stoked about in
1: your business right now? Oh, for sure. So I, so I, um, have been doing fitness for half my life. And um, so 18 years ago, I was at like a little church get-together, and one of the girls who graduated a year before me in high school, she was like, you know, if you're a personal trainer, you'll make like $65 an hour. So for an 18-year-old, I was like, oh, hell yeah, Like, I'm going to go do that. And so I started in the fitness industry the summer that, um, the summer that I graduated high school. And, um, I ended up, I did own a gym and before I owned a gym, I learned Pilates from a first generation teacher. So someone who Mm -hmm. learned from Joe and Clara Pilates and Mm -hmm. I know like, so it was really cool because I was teaching yoga and I was, I was searching for yoga, yoga schools, and so I did a bunch of yoga schools. And then I was like, you know, what's this Pilates thing? And somehow I found this guy, Ron Fletcher, and I'm like, this guy learned from the people who made it, and he's still alive? And oh, my God. And so I went and met him, and it was completely, completely life-changing. And um, in the Pilates industry, I don't know how familiar you are in the Pilates side of thing, but they're pretty arrogant and (laughs) Mm, interesting. I haven't, I've only gone as like a consumer of
0: Pilates. I haven't gone into teaching or anything like that. So I didn't know about that side.
1: Oh girl. Yeah. Because Joe and Clara Pilates had their studio in a, in a building in New York where there was a bunch of the dance companies. And so if a dancer got injured, they would they go upstairs and see that crazy guy. And his equipment was, it was weight bearing with springs, but it wasn't weight bearing in the sense of that people would get like a nice, robust, bulky bodybuilding muscle. Mm-hmm. So the dancers could go upstairs and rehab and work the whole length of the muscle all the way to the tendon, which, you know, like if you're doing a bodybuilding pump, you don't necessarily do that for... Everything you know, and at that time, that yeah. was it was very aesthetic driven in the bodybuilding world. When all these Europeans came over to the states, and so um, a lot of like the dance arrogance has filtered its way into Pilates, especially if you go to schools where you are coming off of an original teacher because they bring mm-hmm. that history into it. And uh, I remember one time, uh, Ron and I were out to lunch. Ron Fletcher we're out to lunch and uh, we're having, we had the longest lunch ever. Cause I was like, oh my God, I'm going to eat him up. I'm going to have all his time. And I asked him about weightlifting because it was, it was very like, you don't talk about weightlifting if you do Pilates. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you think, Ron? Like, what do you think about lifting weights? And he goes, oh, absolutely do it. And I was like, okay. And I feel like being a really young 20 something, having that blessing from him, you know, he was in his eighties, Wow. I think, yeah, like I think that may have like put the idea in my head of years later, my gym was Pilates Barbell Club where we combined the seven mat Pilates exercises for the transverse plane and then we would do traditional powerlifting workouts and then some hit, and then we would finish with those seven exercises from Pilates to stretch Mm-hmm. So, love it. So, right, it was genius. It was really good and everyone had great results and my clients were all female and they were just like crushing. I had one girl doing 300 plus pound hip thrusters. Wow. Before the hip thrusters made its way to mainstream Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before everybody started doing them wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been, it's been really long, like lots of like weaving in and out of, you know, certifications with nerve and joint and, and things like that. And, and now I'm, I'm pretty removed from, um, from regular clients. I work with a, with a handful of women online. Um, but for the most part I've kind of like transitioned into more personal development and, and, um, and teaching branding and teaching podcasting and, and stuff like that. Amazing.
0: What led to that shift? Like, how did you go? I know that you mentioned that your gym had closed. Was that kind of what prompted you to go into the personal development space, or was there another
1: kind of defining moment that led you there in between? Definitely a more defining moment. I think that for a lot of us, a lot of us females in the industry, when we got over that hump of, I'm not working out to be skinny we were like, Oh, strong. Right. And so I think there was a big shift for a lot of us where we moved into more, um, mindset empowerment around s- lifting weights versus get cut in 21 days, girls, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, 21 day booty challenge. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so, um, so I was already kind of headed on that path. And when my gym closed, I was like, you know what? I, I know I had something to do with this. Like, I know this wasn't just finances. I know, I know like my energy or like my law of attraction, whatever law of attraction is had something to do with it. And so I dove into like super, um, intense personal development with a company growth you who I, who I contract with now. And, um, so I found out that I was the center of the failure and that I could change my mindset and that my negative thinking was just a bunch of patterns, and I could change the patterns. And um, I meditated on how how can my love circle around the world and then come back to me? And so I had a very specific visualization that I did for four months. And then I was flipping through my journal one day, and I had this just like parting of the clouds. Oh my gosh, I don't really understand what loving myself is I because I was so hardcore into all this strength training stuff and I don't need anybody. I can do it on my own, Mm -hmm. that type of a mentality. And when I saw that self-love didn't have to be this weak thing that I had made it up to be in my mind, um, I put a question out to a couple of Facebook groups, business groups to say, hey, let's, let's build our online businesses. I have 500 people on my list. Let's do the whole online summit thing. And talk about self-love and how that affects all areas of life, like your money, your, you know, your relationship, obviously. Like, if you're a homeowner, like, how do you respect yourself and, and create the life that you want if you love yourself, if you understand that concept? And so, so many women had, had replied in a very, very short amount of time. And I was like, oh, my God, I'll do a daily podcast. So, I did the podcast. And long story short, very long story short... I had always wanted to work online. Like I had seen growing up in a in a family of entrepreneurs, that being an entrepreneur was the way to go to create however you want your life to be. And of course, with us being in the technology age, I'm like, why wouldn't I figure out how to work online so that I would never be trapped anywhere? And uh, and so when I had this concept for the podcast, in this one moment, this like you know couple of hours thing where it went from email to podcast then all the ideas came into like oh my god this is how you do the online business where you build the following you give the free content eventually you sell stuff and then you're good to go so Mm -hmm. it kind of was like I feel like the seed was always planted there with mindset with strength training but it took the rock bottom to like Mm -hmm. take away all the distractions to really do it I think
0: yeah isn't it amazing that when you finally step into alignment, how things just like flow so much easily, and it's like it's not that there are no struggles or challenges, but like that that deep struggle that sometimes we feel when we're not fully aligned, we're maybe like
1: halfway there, it's just gone mhm yeah and and I think that there is no there because i I definitely had some of those moments to get to where I was like a year ago and then a year ago really out of alignment and then a whole bunch of stuff hit the fan. And, and so we're like, okay, let's let's get back in the lane. <laughs> yeah.
0: Totally. So there's a few things that I want to ask you based on what you had just shared. So you had mentioned that um in kind of that like defining moment where you had those realizations in going through growth, you that one of the realizations you had was that like you were at the center of um I'm sorry, I don't remember the exact word that you would used, but failure. It, yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was the word you had used. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So you were at the center of your failure, which for a lot of people is a very hard concept to grasp. And what did it feel like in that moment when you realized that?
1: Um, kind of relief. Yeah. Because I had an answer. Hmm. And so like logistically I I have to look up in the dictionary all these words that I use like like at matter <laughs> is it logistically so matter of factly I did make really poor decisions with my finances like that is a factor in it however there's lots of people that make poor financial decisions and it's okay it works out because Because they are in alignment, like they just see that it's going to be successful. So even those will be bumps in the road versus the catalyst that causes it to completely collapse. So there were things in the quote unquote real world that I could have done better. The, the thing that really stood out to me when I got deeper into mindset stuff, and, and I was already reading and like doing stuff in personal development since 2006. So this is 2015 that the gym actually closed. And I didn't really obviously understand the complete capacity of what my mind was doing to, to be in it for nine years and not... Grasping it completely yeah. anyway <laughs> so one of the <laughs> one of the things that really stood out to me was this, and, and hopefully i won 't offend too many people um, the My gym was walking distance from a homeless shelter, and mm. yeah, and so and and at first i was like very like um altruistic like oh my gosh like let me give you some water you know cuz we had a water cooler i'm like let me give you water let me give you money i've given people money i've invited them in to get out of the heat and um and then i was threatened a couple times hmm. and then um so it was scary to actually like open my doors early in the morning because there would be homeless people that were high and scary mm-hmm. and then um and and so my 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 energy started to shift towards them number 1 number 2 i would look at them in the eye because i've always been a person who wants to look people in the eye and mm-hmm. i would i would say hi how are you sometimes they would say whatever you know they would talk back sometimes they wouldn't and what i started to do was i felt guilty for not being homeless and so I would remember thinking and like saying to them through our eyes, I know you think I have it made because I have this business, but you don't know how many bills I have. Like I would go through this whole dialogue in a split second with them of, but you don't know. And when I looked at more mindset stuff more deeply, I was like, oh my God, like I was affirming failure every right. day. What the F? Mm -hmm. So I was like, "Oh my gosh!" and and like that just is like a whole another snowball of, you know, of not feeling guilty for what you have and being grateful and and that, you know, I don't want to make a lot of money because what about the people who don't have a lot of money? Like it goes it goes down that whole rabbit hole of why people put blocks up to receive money,
0: right. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting how it's so prevalent, and I think especially too when when you're doing work that is of a healing type, whether it's fitness or energy healing or nutrition or anything like that, it's almost like we feel like we have to feel that guilt, like you know I'm I'm helping people, so I can't make a lot of money from it, and I have to make people know that I'm not making a lot of money or that I'm not doing super well from it. Right? It's weird.
1: Yeah, it's really really weird. And one of the things I don't remember where I read it. And there was like a, a paragraph that said, when you get healthy, do you ever say, oh my gosh, I feel so bad that I'm healthy and there are other people that are not? Or do you ever walk into, you know, a burn ward or a cancer ward and you're like, oh my gosh, like I would much rather have this than you have it. And you're like, no, you never think about that with your health. Why do we do that with money? And so like that started to uh, it just... Side note, right? Like it is a really yeah. weird thing. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I feel like weird. we could have
0: like a whole other podcast episode <laughs> on the end of your money.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that, that really stood out to me when I, when I read about your patterns and what you were thinking. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, what did I usually think every single day? Oh my God. Every time I saw a homeless person, that's what I did. Right.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough to take ownership from those things. But like you said, like it's freeing and then it's also empowering because when I started to realize those things, like, oh yeah, I'm like the sole, like I am solely responsible for my failures, it also made me realize that like we are just as capable of creating success as well.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it goes back to the source energy. We are source energy mm-hmm. that is in human form. So whatever we, we decide we want to do, it's like just have faith that that is part of the universal unconsciousness expressing itself. And the only limiting factor is what you decide to adopt as your belief system while you're here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, girlfriend. Cool. Now,
0: when you were working in the fitness industry, w- did you notice some common patterns amongst the women that you were working with?
1: Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Such <laughs> as. <of> yeah. <laughs> such as really uh, primarily focusing on what's not working and the mm-hmm. results that are not happening. The, or, uh, the results that aren't happening and the body parts that you don't like. Okay. And, and so there, there's a, there's a woman who stands out to me like a sore thumb and every day it was like, well, look at this, look at this, and this isn't working. This isn't when I'm here every day. And of course, like she went into that slippery slope of like doing way too much cardio every day, no matter what I would say, um, yeah. lifting weights when she wasn't with me, when I told her her muscles needed to rest, all those types of things. And if it's your focus, if our minds are creating our reality and our focus is just, what isn't working, then of course you're not going to like see a ripped tricep the day after a tricep workout if you're not 17% body fat. Like that's just reality. And so what I noticed is that the women who didn't get results were the women who were consistently noticing they weren't getting results. The mm-hmm. ladies that just let it happen and would show up and then go live their life and go have fun and do whatever is what they were doing, they all had results. Yeah. What about you? I'm like, yeah, (laughs) like I can't be alone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. And it, it's like that in fitness, but it's like that in, in all areas of our lives as well. Right. Um, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody last night, I hosted an event and we had this amazing spiritual teacher come and talk about using intuition to grow our businesses, but then we didn't actually really talk about business at all. Mm. But what we were talking about afterwards is that it's it's almost like you choke it right like you're so focused on that specific outcome and how you don't have it that you you block all the energy and you don't allow yourself to see the opportunities that could bring that thing to you mm-hmm. or that could just allow you to actually enjoy where you're at and i am a firm believer that when we are happy and when we feel good in our bodies or our businesses or whatever the case may be we we see those results that we're looking for and mm-hmm. I don't have scientific um, proof of that, but I have seen it in my own life and in my clients' lives, and I'm sure you have as well.
1: Yeah, that's so funny that you said scientific proof because there is is proof out there, and Mm -hmm. I could like I was like looking at the clock. I'm like, how much time do we have? Can I drop (laughs) it for a minute? Yeah, do it. (laughs) Okay, so this was freaking blew me away. So that alignment piece that I said that got things got out of alignment a lot the last year, a lot of that expressed in debilitating neck pain from disc herniations in my neck. So Mm -hmm. I had a real injury, but the pain after it healed lingered because of stress, the mental stress. So I've been doing a lot of work to understand all these things that we're talking about. And so um, Dr. Bruce Lipton, have you heard of him? Yes. Okay, so biology of belief. So I get to this chapter and he's talking about the atom and he shows a picture of what the quantum atom looks like and it's just blank space and then he shows a picture of the Newtonian atom that we're all used to seeing that it looks like a little mini solar system and he's like it's actually not that a quantum atom is completely empty it's only potential. And that potential needs the subjective human mind to impress upon it to create something. And this goes to like the quantum experiment of waves acting as particles when they're observed. Or particles that, oh, I probably have it backwards, but you can Google it. The quantum physics (laughs) experiment. It's really good. It's on YouTube. Um, So my point is, so I'm reading this chapter and then he talks about how an atom is essentially a vortex of energy waiting to be made into particles and I was like oh my god did he just quote Abraham that he put things into the vortex and I was like it's all making sense <laughs> and so and so it really does and one of the things so I've been re- reading and watching his lectures reading and watching lectures with Dr. Joe Dispenza and my first path to this was Dr. Sarno with the divided mind who who talks about pain being and being an emotional response and so now with, with Dispenza what was he saying? He was saying, uh, basically, if you're, if you're thinking in the past and you're very aware of all your failures or you're choking something out by thinking in the worst case scenario that it's not actually going to happen, you're making that finite. And so by making it finite, you're not actually in the quantum world where there's potential. And so is, if we're thinking forward and using our imagination as what if in enthusiasm for what we actually want to have happen, or we just stay present in the present moment that the only thing right now I'm doing is on a podcast with Ariana and not thinking about anything else, then I'm staying in quantum potential. And so I'm like, when I saw this stuff, I'm like, yes, like, I love it that science is is really, really, really proving this, the things that you and I have been believing by seeing our results in the gym of mindset and then having spiritual teachers, it's like this is all very, very, very real and quantifiable mm-hmm. on charts and, and it's real. It's, it's totally science. real.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. Isn't that amazing? So good. I, yeah, I I was just, like, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying it blows my mind. Like I feel like now we're like, this is so exciting. It's so exciting to me. It's so empowering. Yes. It's a, it's a really exciting time because
0: I think a lot of the time, you know, I I still like refer to this stuff. as like woo woo, but like, I believe it, but I still call it woo woo because a lot of people think that it's woo woo. But as more of this comes up, um, I think that we will see that shift that we need in society for people to kind of like really realize their own potential and their abilities to create their successes in the worlds that they want to see in their own lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. So, when we were chatting before, you were talking a little bit about the cycle of performance, and I want to know more about that because I don't know anything about it. So, teach me and our listeners.
1: It is amazing, and this is this is a model from GrowthU, and GrowthU. Just in a nutshell, it's a personal develop. It's an online personal development company. We do have live events also. And it's very much non-guru based. And so anybody who teaches anybody anything in our models, we're like, this is just a universal law. And if it makes sense to you, that means that you already knew it and now apply it versus like... Here I am, everyone on the stage, like stuff like that. So that's right. how I really, like, really turned me on to them. So um, the it's it's the cycle of performance, and or we call it a growth cycle, and this is happening in all areas of life. We're in all areas of the cycle, depending on 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 where we are. Like they're just they're just always going on. Nothing's ever going to be perfectly balanced. So it's essentially we get this idea where we're like, okay, I'm going to lose weight. And we can see ourselves, you know, whatever body it is that we want to be in. And so we're at this identity that we have right now of maybe 10 pounds, 20 pounds overweight. And we want to be this new person, this new identity. And identity is the strongest force in human nature. So this is why it's really hard for us to create transformations if we can't unravel all these patterns that we've been talking about. So we're in Inception. We're like, yes, I'm going to do this. You're really excited. You're motivated. You don't know what the hell you're doing, but you're willing to do it because you see the result. And when your unconscious mind, who is holding identity, wants you to stay the same, senses that you're consciously making these other decisions, your unconscious mind is like, you're killing me. I don't want to die. And your unconscious mind is going to pull those programs that keep you stuck. So for me, like a big program is being a rut dweller. Like if I would slip up on one area of my diet, I'm like, I'm a failure in everything in life. And so then why do it and like go sit on the couch. So you're, you, you go into deception, like your unconscious mind actually feels like you are being like, it's betrayal. And Mm -hmm. so that's why when we have these moments where we're like, I don't know why I do that. And like, you know like sometimes you even know in the moment that you're doing it, but you still keep doing it because the urge is just so strong. And that's just the unconscious program. It's a strong, strong program. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you see, so if you have clients, ladies listening or, or yourself, you when you oscillate between getting some results and then you go back to how you were, it's because those results were too scary to your to your identity that you have now. So it kicked you back to your starting point. So, if you can observe that and be like, oh, yes, sabotaging behavior is coming my way. Hell yes, that means I'm making progress. Holy shit, I'm so excited. I need to celebrate. And Mm -hmm. you can do things to like change your state. Like, you can listen to music, you can go on a walk. Don't reward yourself with food. That's very counterintuitive to, to making healthy lifestyle changes. And you do the reps. Like you you notice when your sabotaging behaviors come up, you say no not cool, don't need to do that. And you keep pushing through to transformation. And transformation is when you're still doing the work, you're still eating however it is you want to eat. FYI, I eat junk food every day. I'm not saying don't eat junk food. I'm <laughs> saying like do the thing that, that is going to get you to your result that you believe in. And even when you don't want to show up to the gym, my motto is if I'm not sick and I'm not injured, I go to the gym because I've been those things. And so like that's kind of like my bar of if I'm fully exhausted from PMS obviously, I won't go. Mm-hmm. But there's certain levels where you're like, okay, like I don't really want to go, but these are the reps that I have to do if I want to get to this new identity. So when you're in transformation, it actually takes a little bit more work because you're consciously aware of how you don't want to show up and you have to keep making those decisions moment by moment. And then mm-hmm. finally, you get into a new identity where it's actually more stressful for you not to take care of your body because you've built the habit so much that if you don't do it it feels weird and right. when and when you're an identity you don't even think twice about it like i go to the gym on sundays all the time now and i will still be proud and like give myself a pat on the back and be like, oh Lauren, remember when you used to yo-yo and Sunday was your day to eat everything in sight because you were going to start again on Monday. I'm so proud of you. Like (laughs) you don't even notice it's Sunday and you're like driving to the gym until you notice it's Sunday and then you get to celebrate. So that's our identity. Like we get to make a new identity and nothing likes to die. So that original identity that we have that we're moving away from, it's going to just try to pull you out. And it's just a cycle. And when you can see it, Conceptually, you're like, oh, hell yeah, I'm totally in control of this.
0: I love the idea of celebrating when you notice that sabotaging behavior come up because Mm -hmm. it's so common to want to run from it or to beat ourselves up for it or judge it or anything like that. And how cool is it that we can be like, yes, I am sabotaging myself. It means I'm growing. I'm stretching. Let's do something different. Yes. Yes. Amen. Awesome. Now I would imagine through this, it's not a linear process, right? Like we would maybe go from like deception to transformation and maybe dip back into deception or absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Good (laughs) to know. (laughs) Take note listeners. So how you've alluded to a few of them in terms of like celebrating when you notice that sabotaging behavior, celebrating um, your new identity, but what are some easy ways that we could begin applying this to our own journeys? And I'm thinking specifically for the woman who has been that yo-yo dieter or yo-yo fitness fanatic, like on and off for years and years. And is kind of at the point of thinking that, you know, maybe she's just not meant to like be this healthy person that she wants to be. How can she start to apply this?
1: The first thing that I thought of was having this image of a beautiful fitness girl on Instagram and Facebook or on the cover of a DVD, if we remember shopping and seeing them on DVDs. <laughs> the, 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 the very first thing that I thought of was looking at that image and being like, why can't I be that? And I, the missing piece for me that is no longer missing is that that woman or whoever you are using as a model to say like, I want to have that body or I want to have that athleticism. She chose moment by moment. Like there's, there's nothing extraordinary about her that gave her a leg up on you. So even if she, even if you're missing a limb, there's plenty of women that are ripped to shreds that are missing two limbs. Like it's, there's no, there's no limiting factors except for the ones that we put in our mind. So knowing moment by moment is where it matters, that is the mindfulness practice. And I think that like years ago, mindfulness seemed to be more of the thing of what we call it now, of mindset. And when I went back to mindfulness and saw that description, I was like, oh, that's really smart. Because if you're mindful of what you're doing, you're watching your behavior objectively Mm -hmm. instead of feeling your behavior and feeling your emotions and identifying yourself as I am this based on a negative emotion. And so if you can kind of extract yourself from your emotions to view yourself objectively and realize that everybody has a moment-to-moment decision, that that's the defining factor. So if you do have an idea that you want to create something awesome, You have that because you are part of source energy. Your limiting factor is whatever you've picked up on, Abraham would say, your physical trail. Whatever patterns that you've learned from your parents or from bullies or from your grandparents or from teachers of their limiting beliefs, that's just the stuff that you have to work on observing and being like, is that true? Like, is that true for me? No, I don't know if I really agree with that. Okay, hold tight to what I'm doing. And specifically with the cycle of performance to, to have this model that says, I'm going to go through these, these processes psychologically before my brain is actually going to function as a new operating system. When, you, when I look at that and I look at the things that a lot of us are interested in, like A Course in Miracles, if, everyone, if anyone listens to A Course in Miracles teachings or Abraham recordings, everything is, I can choose again. So Course in Miracles will say, you have this negative thought that's fear-based. I can choose God. What's a loving thought instead of this? Or Abraham, what is something that feels good to me instead of this? How can I shift into being happy? So when we're in this yo-yo phase of doing so much so soon and not being able to withstand it, that's a little bit of a reality that we have to check and say, can I go from sitting on the couch to working out six days a week and not eating the foods that I love? Probably not. (laughs) That's probably a little bit too much for your unconscious mind to deal with. So there are some assessments that you can do in real time. And then there's also the moments where you feel like crap and you're like, I suck. And you're like, no, that's actually not true. Like those are the things that have to be squashed and just ignored. And so that you can move forward. Mm -hmm.
0: I love it. It, It sounds like a lot of work, but also like not in the sense of this, I guess, for lack of a better term, like rat race that we put ourselves on in trying to improve our health or change our bodies or anything like that. Like it's, it's all a lot of work. And I feel like this is the deep work that leads to more fulfillment, both within those goals and just overall in our lives.
1: Yeah, it's like it it I think it's a lot of work because of the overwhelm that comes from not doing a lot of work. Because mm-hmm. you to do this, you actually have to eliminate a lot of the crap out of your life. Yeah. You you have to let people go who who don't make you feel good, who like if you have this like visceral gut reaction or you feel your body get tight, you have to be like, oh, source energy. Like, I don't know if this is actually my person. And mm-hmm. And be okay with that stuff shaking out. Um, Because I know for me, like, I've done a lot of work. Like, I've done the 14-hour days a lot. And when that stopped working, because the pain was so much, thank God for the pain, because it made me stop and, like, wake up. But Mm -hmm. if you're, when you're doing this work, you have to actually not do a whole lot. Because you have to tune into what's going on in your heart and in your body. Yeah, And it's, you know, I listen to Abraham almost every day to an Abraham Hicks recording on YouTube. and um, and i and I really work on being happy all day. So if I have a negative emotion, I'm like, was that even valid? Is there a reason for having it? Nope, go away. and just like redirect my focus. So it's it's work it's mine it's it's a lot of mental work to stay objective all day long. I think that's the hardest part. Yeah. But you actually end up doing less in the real world. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm all for. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs>
0: Cool. So what are some of your favorite resources, whether they're books, podcasts, blogs? I'm also curious to know which YouTube channel you use for your Abraham recordings because the one I use throws ads on like every 15 seconds. Oh,
1: right. I know. See, you know what? I had this conversation with someone. I go, let me send you my Abraham station because (laughs) mine is better than yours. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, the recording quality is really good. I go through the whole thing from a podcasting perspective of like how good the quality is. They're like- Yeah, they're, and they don't—they—they're they, not a podcaster, obviously, so they're not going to appreciate that like you do. <laughs> so yeah, so I will give that to you. Um, cool. I, I can look it up now if you want it on the recording, or I can give it to you later if you want to
0: give it to me. After I'll just put it in the show notes for uh, our listeners, and then I will enjoy it for myself.
1: Awesome. Okay, so I one of the books that's super not uh, well known is Three Magic Words by U.S. Anderson. And it takes you chapter by chapter, builds on the next. There's meditations that are very specific to get your unconscious mind to dismantle some limiting beliefs. And this was published in the 40s. And, oh oh, yeah. And it's, it's awesome. Like it's Napoleon Hill-ish, but not as heavy, like not as like robust. It's a little bit easier to consume. And then of course, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Dispenza. And then we talked about it a little bit, Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. Awesome.
0: And you know what's really funny? I was at a friend's house yesterday, and she, I, I just noticed Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself on her bookshelf yesterday. And I thought, well, that looks cool. It's it, funny how it, things come full circle.
1: Oh, I know. It explains everything. Like, everything that we believe, I'm telling you, he quantifies it scientifically. Blew my mind.
0: Amazing. Cool. I will link to all of those in the show notes for our listeners. And last but not least, I want to know where we can find you online. I want to know where we can find your social media channels. Tell us about your podcast. And I also believe you have a course as well, correct?
1: I do. Yes. Amazing. Give us all the goods. Okay. So Instagram is Lauren Michelle Herrera. Facebook is... Facebook.com slash Herrera.lauren. Um, I mostly use my personal page because algorithms. Um, yeah. <laughs> <you can. laughs> Hashtag algorithms. Um, you can go to lovesaverbpodcast.com and it'll redirect you to iTunes or you can search it in iTunes. Love is a verb. And uh, my YouTube is youtube.com slash Lauren Herrera online. And then last but not least, the course is Love, Abundance, Trust, and Flow. And so what it is is it's six weeks, and it's really going to help you understand that love is not an emotion that you are earning. It's a force, source energy. Um, Switching to that abundance mindset in all areas of life versus lack, which you know, can lead to yo yo dieting and failed businesses. Um, mm-hmm. Trust that life is always uncertain. If you are looking for certainty, you are no longer in quantum. There is zero potential in having a fixed certain outcome in life. There's there's zero potential there. And so how you can trust that process of uncertainty so that you can actually be in flow and let all these amazing ideas that you're probably coming up with all day to actually have them come into the world because you're crushing all these limiting beliefs. And um, you can go to that at laurenherrera.com slash L-A-T-F.
0: Amazing. This all sounds so good. And don't worry, everybody. I will put all that in the show notes for you. Yay. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. This was so juicy. And like I said, I feel like we could have multiple episodes going deeper into all of these topics, but I feel like this was such a good starting point and gave our listeners a lot of different things to think about and maybe some opportunities to shift their perceptions a little bit. So thank you so much. For
1: sure. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun.
0: Yay. And to our listeners, as always, thank you so much for your time and your energy and for allowing us to hang out in between your ears. I will be back with you next week with another episode of the Daily Sweat Podcast. Have a great day. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, please head over to iTunes and take just a couple seconds to leave us a review. Lauren and I would both super appreciate it. Thank you.